This is the Lindell Report, bringing you news combined with hope by offering practical and achievable action points to assist you in defending and preserving faith and freedoms. And now, here is your host, Mike Lindell. Good evening. Welcome to the broadcast. Glad you are with us. Mike is out on business tonight, and uh, I am sitting in by myself, but not really by myself, because I'm going to be joined by Kurt Olson, attorney Kurt Olson, and I'm also going to be joined by Garland Favorito, the guest that has the funnest name that you can say. Garland Favorito. So Garland will join us. Uh, we're going to play some clips again from Louisiana uh, from the Senate hearing that Mike spoke at yesterday. Uh, Kurt Olson nor Garland has seen these, and so I want to play them for them and have them respond. Um, also, we have put them up at frankspeech.com, all, all three clips. The state senator that took on the Dominion guys, the comments by the very brave and courageous Secretary of State down there in Louisiana who is stepping out and, and uh, well, I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm so proud of him. Uh, I wish we'd known about him sooner. And I have to believe there are more Secretaries of State that have the courage of their convictions and uh, like this gentleman. And I hope there are, but very impressed with this gentleman. And uh, maybe one day we'll hear about him beyond being Secretary of State. Maybe he'll be something else. I don't know, because he sure seems like the kind of guy we'd need in America in, uh, uh, in government today, because he's, he's, he's asking the right questions. He's holding the right hearings and, and involved in the right hearings. Very, very impressed with this Secretary of State down in Louisiana. So we want to play the clip by him, the clip by the state senator as well. And then, of course, toward the end, we'll play the full clip of um, Mike Lindell's presentation, which, by the way, I think was Mike's best presentation I've ever heard him deliver. I said that to someone, walked through the control room, and Logan said, hey, uh, that's the, uh, that was the best job I've ever seen Mike do. I said, that's funny. I just told someone that the same t thing. It was absolutely fabulous yesterday what he did. We'll play it for uh, you again, but also I want Garland and Kurt to see it and comment along the way. Joining me first is Kurt Olson. Kurt, welcome back to the broadcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Brandon. Uh, uh, Logan, do we have Garland? Not yet. We're going to get Garland. Well, Garland's holding things up because <laughs> we, we need Garland to see this. Oh, my word. All right. So what, have you, you've heard about some of this, though, right, Kurt? You haven't seen it, but you've heard about it. Yes, generally I've heard about it. Okay, let me let me have you give given uh, your thoughts real quick, if you don't mind, on the Tina Peters situation. Have you been able to look at that enough to make a comment on what happened there Tuesday? Uh, in terms of the primaries, there's some uh, there's some very uh, interesting uh, developments there in terms of the uh, you know how the races played out. Uh, it's almost uh, similar patterns in Georgia, where all of the candidates, for example, Ron Hanks at Senate the gubernatorial race and, and Tina Peters, they all seem to track at the same per percentage level all across the night uh, to an uncanny degree of similarity. Uh, secondly, there is in Garfield County, apparently, there was a vote switch or flip uh, between the candidates there. And as a matter of fact, two vote flips. And so it, uh, it, the question is, it's the question that we're looking at now is what's going on? And so as you people saw in Georgia, there were a number of problems with the machines and the counts there. We're seeing parallels uh, right now in Colorado and stay tuned. 
Yeah, here's that screenshot, Logan, if, if you guys have captured my screen, and we can show that, that in uh, uh, Garfield County. There it is. Look at that. Those are the vote flips you're referring to, Kurt? Uh, yes. You'll see that, uh, that large spike where it goes up and down, and it just basically flips between the candidates. Wow. A significant number of votes. And uh, that, that is not the only uh, interesting pattern, obviously. Uh, you can just look at the chart itself, and it tracks to a degree that does not seem random. Yeah. All right, so let's get to it. Garland, we're going to have to give Garland a, 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 a pink slip for being tardy. Did you ever get pink slips in high school, Kurt? No, I was always on time. I was a, I was a model student when I was in <laughs> Do you, you do did your school give out pink slips when you were tardy and stuff for detention? Uh, well, I I went to a Catholic school. So and, you didn't uh, get pink slips. You uh, just racked on the knuckles with a ruler. It was, it was a ruler on the on the knuckles or on the back of the head. Yeah, no, we had uh, we had some great nuns as our teachers. So they were. Uh, All right. Well, good. Well, I went to a, a school, a private school that uh, would give out pink slips, and you would find yourself in detention. So we're gonna have to give Garland a pink slip for. All right, Garland, we were just talking about the fact we're going to have to give you a pink slip for detention for showing up late to class. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to get ready for this. <laughs> no problem. Where are you out? I tried to make myself presentable. I took a while. Well, I was going to say, were you out by the swimming pool? What's the deal, Garland? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're glad you're with us. We, we, we didn't want to get started until you're here because we want you to comment on these. I do want to show this graphic that we were just talking about. This is in in Garfield County in Georgia, and you can see votes are being flipped. Kurt and I were just talking about it. Have you seen this, Garland? I don't think I have. And well, if you notice in this chart, the P Tina Peters is the blue, and the person that they say won is the green, and all of a sudden, Pam Anderson drops down to the bottom, and, and the blue, Tina, shoots up to the top. So, Kurt, uh, we think there's some vote flipping going on here. Not the only, it actually, a subsequent update, it flipped back again at, I think, approximately 1 o'clock in the morning, which is not reflected in that because the data is still being, uh, is still coming in from the New York Times Edison feeds. Any comments on that, Garland? Um, I have not had a chance to see that yet, but there is some, uh, a, a, what we call an algorithm, what we believe is called fraction magic, and that has been... Um, it was intellectual property that we believe used to be in the gym system from uh, Diebold, and uh, with the forerunner of that was Global Election System. And Dominion uh, acquired the intellectual property of that. I'm not sure if this is a this is apparently a Dominion system. Uh, I don't know what they were using in. I believe that's a Dominion system. Wow. Yeah, yeah, but I I, I have to look at that a little bit uh, deeper. Uh, yeah. But, what, but what we, we, we had a vote flip here in, uh, in Georgia um, that you talked about, Brandon, on the show. And I think Kurt is aware of, uh, of course, Mike, Mike mentioned it in his testimony in Louisiana. And that was the one where Michelle Long Spears, who had zero votes in her own precinct, was uh, where she and her husband lived. She ended up uh, actually um, being shorted by 3,000 votes. She ended up in last place. And she, uh, in reality, was in first place once they did the hand count audit that proved that the uh, voting system was uh, calculated the results incorrectly. So that was essentially a real-life vote for that we had here in Georgia uh, just in this 2022 primary. 
Wow. Okay, so Logan, which clip do you want to go for, to first? The the. Sh yeah. All right. Let's start with the Secretary of State Garland. Uh, you haven't seen this. The Secretary of State talking to the three Dominion reps. I did see that. I watched that this afternoon. You I'm, did your homework. Good for you. I did my homework. That's why I was late. All right. Good for you. All right. Let's roll it, and then we'll have both of these gentlemen comment. Here we go. And Bob, you know, just as you just said, you know better than anybody the time frames that we always election uh, administrators deal with. Um, what what's I just want to put this on the record, and 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 it's my frustration, and you know y'all y'all are getting it right now because y'all are here. <clears throat> For a judge, I don't care federal or world; it doesn't matter to me to withhold important information to the people of Louisiana because she's worried about feeding conspiracy theories. Well, she fed the conspiracy theories even more, if not creating the reality of the situation we're faced. And then the Secretary of State of Georgia opposing me, the Secretary of State of Louisiana, from even intervening to get the report to be able to deal with it. I've been in contact with Dr. Haldeman more times than I care to think of, and the poor man can't even tell me everything, and he's willing to help us when nobody else could or would. And that's, that is frustrating, especially when we were made critical infrastructure. We opposed it because we thought the federal government was going to interfere and nationalize our elections. It didn't happen yet, <laughs> yet. But what is going on is that they don't even know the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. CISA didn't involve EAC in any of this dialogue. And so they missed a number of components to it. And they didn't want to even, they were going to release it to the public without even talking to the 16 affected secretaries of state and talk about, tell us what's in the report, which turned out not to be enough for us to deal with. But the bottom line is I have a job to the people of Louisiana. And right now I'm handicapped by a federal judge and a federal government. And our elections aren't supposed to be nationalized. I, I know, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I, yeah. you know, I just got to get that on the record because, uh, you, you know, y'all are in this as much as anybody else, but it's not just y'all. It could be any one of the vendors affected by a federal judge because she doesn't like the narrative that's going on. And thank you. And, and that's why I brought up the, you know, the 2016, it was when DHS, uh, you know, started getting involved with elections and, and there were definitely some missteps early on mm -hmm. um, in communicating with uh, and, and with the states and, and the locals. And, and that's what I was saying, this, this coordinated vulnerability disclosure program. Uh, it's got to be revamped. Yeah. It, 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 it they doesn't have all the players involved. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't set up for elections. It is, a, it is a program that's in place that they tried to basically plug us into because there wasn't an election when existing. Because when they put us in the critical infrastructure, the federal government never understood what elections are about. We in the states understand what elections are about, and we know the nuances of it. You know it as well as anybody, and they didn't know how to do it. And then when they got sandwiched with it, they tried to put a square peg in a round hole, and it didn't work. And, and, and that is exactly the discussion that has to happen moving forward is, is well, it's uh, going to happen yeah. July 10th. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I will be here in Baton Rouge. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. I will be here for that as yeah. well. So, all right. Um, whew. okay. All right. We'll stop it right the there.
Um, all right, let's go to you first, uh, Counselor. Uh, Mr. Olson, what do you think there? Well, I, I think it's important to set the backdrop. I mean, the, the Louisiana secretary was coming at this relatively recently, this being the security failures that were uncovered by Professor Halderman, a recognized computer science expert in elect electronic voting machines. He's been doing this for many, many years, has testified before the Senate Intelligence Committee and, and, and the House, uh, House Committees on Government Oversight, I believe, as, as well as many other groups, you know, talking about the security failures in these machines and how they can be used to steal votes and steal elections on a national level. The one thing that, that needs to be brought out is that Professor Halderman signed a declaration under oath dated July 13, 2021. That's six months before Louisiana even tried to intervene. And what Professor Halderman said in that declaration is that he had been trying to meet with Dominion representatives through their council since January, seven months before, to tell them about these security failures so they could fix them because these machines are being used in ongoing elections and Dominion would not meet with him. Which begs the question, why is Dominion not meeting with a recognized expert who's had 12 weeks to examine their system. He wasn't coming out of this cold. He was given access to a Dominion system. He spent 12 weeks examining it, found a myriad of security failures in it, raised those failures with the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, that's CISA, saying, look, this is a national security issue. But Dominion refused to meet with him. Now, this is a company that is performing a public function in servicing one of the most fundamental rights in our republic, and that's the right to vote. You would think that if a recognized, by all those across the board, that Professor Haldeman is a recognized expert, him raising these security failures, they should have been on that the next day, but they didn't. And according to Haldeman, they were refusing to meet with him. Now, fast forward from that July declaration I just mentioned, July of 2021. Professor Haldeman filed another declaration in September of 21, asking the court to unseal his report because it was such a security threat to our nation's elections. He wanted to disclose it just to CISA, and the judge refused. And not only that, Secretary of State Raffsenberg in Georgia refused, his office refused to meet with Haldeman to go over the report and those vulnerabilities. And even worse than Dominion, Secretary of State Rassenberg in Georgia has a fiduciary obligation to the citizens of Georgia to find out exactly what's going on. And as Professor Haldeman said in his declaration, these machines are used not just in one state, but 16 states, including Louisiana. And if you recall, Brandon, when we found out about that declaration, we were uh, I was on your show back in uh, the beginning of October raising this issue about why is this report being kept secret yep. and from the public and from second other states who are indisputably affected by these security failures. So with that as a backdrop, the Louisiana Secretary of State's uh, displeasure or frustration with Dominion, it's even worse because Dominion wouldn't even meet with Professor Haldeman to go over these security failures when they'd known about it long before the Louisiana Secretary of State found out about it. 
it's just it's atrocious. Absolutely. Uh, Garland, your thoughts, please. Well, I think Kurt summed it up really well. Uh, a couple of points I could just add to that was, of course, they're referring to the decision by Judge Amy Totenberg, uh, who in the U.S. District Court of Northern uh, Georgia here. And uh, Judge Totenberg has been incredibly hard on the Secretary of State's office. She literally wrote in her order that the Secretary of State's office was, quote, not credible, unquote, because uh, they had repeat, repeatedly lied to her. Mm. Uh, so it's just uh, remarkable. But uh, the you know we've had more and more examples of the system malfunctioning here, and you know we've gone over a lot of these in your on your show. Uh, we're we're really almost beyond the point of academic. Uh, theory, as as wonderful as Dr. Halderman's work has been, and the declarations have been right on spot, as Curtis said, but we've already shown down here in Georgia that the voting system has failed uh, to to count accurately in this primary. And then, you remember on your show, Brandon, we uh, went through about 15 slides showing that the 2020 uh, Dominion ballot images were electronically altered in Fulton County before they certified the election. And we showed a, a variety of different ways where the, the, they had duplicate file stamps, duplicate um, um, image stamps, which are all both virtually impossible. We showed uh, a mass, uh, really, it was a wholesale replacement of ballot images which are required to tabulate the votes. So uh, the system has a lot of flaws, and you know Dominion has not been forthcoming, as Kurtz already explained extremely well. So it's very frustrating. But there are the other the other key point here is that Judge Totenberg uh, refuses to unseal this report. This is really bizarre. I mean, we're talking about security of elections in Georgia, proof that they're not they're not being counted correctly. And Judge Totenberg is still sitting on this report after being so critical and ran right on on spot or spot on on one point on most of the things that she has has written about. So that's a, a, a bizarre situation we have here uh, that this report should still be uh, sealed at this time. What, what do you think there's something in it that's so explosive that they don't want it out? I don't know of anything more explosive, Brandon, than what we've already uncovered. You know, I mean, we've already proven that the machines uh, did not count correctly and that there was a wholesale replacement of images in, in 2020. We just haven't been able to get this into court yet because we're waiting for, for the case to where we can bring the evidence to trial. So um, I don't know that there could be anything more explosive than what we've already found. Any thoughts, Kurt? Well, I, I think that, you know, what you're seeing is is there's been a level of to keep this information from the public. And even as the Louisiana Secretary of State noted, uh, Judge Totenberg denied his motion to intervene in that case when he clearly has an interest because Professor Halderman said that Louisiana was one of the affected states by these security failures that he identified. And you know, so I don't understand the rationale for doing that. Um, I'd also note that CISA finally issued their public statement about these security failures, nine of them that Professor Haldeman identified. 
that could show how votes could be manipulated through these machines by nefarious actors, remotely or otherwise. And uh, remotely is, a, is a, you know, the correct term for hacking, uh, remote access operations, as how some in the, in the profession call it. But the uh, CISA, which leaked its public statement to a couple of news outlets, like I believe Reuters and the Washington Post, to get ahead of the story before they made it public, you know, they had a statement in, in, uh, in there saying that we have not found any evidence that any of these uh, security vulnerabilities were, have been exploited. Well, so the idea being there's nothing to see here. But what they didn't say is whether they had looked. So how could CISA, which is supposedly representing the public's interest in terms of ensuring the integrity of our election systems, given clear evidence that they admit of multiple security failures in these machines that can be used to steal votes and not do further due diligence to see if those failures, security failures, had actually been exploited. I'm not aware of any forensic examination of any machines in any of the 16 states which Professor Haldeman said use that particular type of, of software and hardware to determine that. And that's, that's an obvious question. Wouldn't you, don't you think you would want to look to see if these security vulnerabilities had been uncovered? And then the last point I want to make is that Dominion and the other machine companies, as well as secretary, other, you know, less, uh, other secretaries of state, you know, they always claim that these machines are certified and they're tested and everything else. Well, if those tests and certification made a whit of difference, why does it take Professor Halderman to uncover these? Why are we finding you know, yet more security failures despite all these tests that these machines have already gone through? And how many more exist that we don't know about? Mm. You know, they've been using these machines for a couple, you know, 20 years now, and it's not like they're getting safer. They're still finding all these security failures. And so, you know, th this is a this is an issue that the public should be greatly concerned about. And 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 uh, you know, bravo to the Louisiana Secretary of State for representing his constituents, the citizens of Louisiana, and raising this as soon as it came to his attention. Yes, yes, absolutely. Excellent commentary, guys. Let's go to the next one so we leave enough time for. Mike's presentation as well. Let's go to uh, the state senator. This is, this is us. Now, we just heard from the Secretary of State uh, talking to those guys. Now, we're going to listen to a state senator quite lecturing, lecturing these guys that work for Dominion. Watch this. this by the way, this is yesterday's special Senate hearing in the state of Louisiana. Why, why is this not over the national news? I think you know why. Watch this. <laughs> So we have a very long history together. And so when you all became aware of potentially some vulnerabilities to one of probably your longest serving clients, did you call the secretary or, the, or his staff to talk about those and what you could do to address those? Um. And again, I apologize. I, I wasn't with the company at that time. And, uh, and I think that is a, a question I, I can, and maybe we set up a call separately with, with the, the CEO and president to discuss that. I, now, whether it was, uh, like I said, from a legal standpoint, I know there was, there was a lot they could not talk about. So I, I, I don't, I don't want to misspeak on that, but I think maybe that might be the best to, to answer your question to get that directly uh, for, from the pre president of the company. 
think we should set. Is it the policy of your company to not point out vulnerabilities to your clients, except in the except if you get whatever the CISA and the Halderman and the whatever compliance type people are? I mean, why do we have to wait for lawsuits or some kind of certification problem when you first become aware? Why can't you go to your clients and talk about those things and help us address the issues for products that you're providing for a 30-plus year client? I don't understand that. Uh, Senator Hewitt, I can't speak to the specifics of this case, but our company regularly uh, puts out product advisory notice and product change notices to all our customers. It's required in many states. We have a, a contractual obligation to put those out. Uh, whenever we find something that goes out to the state, there's a notice. The state is notified first, and then it, all the jurisdictions within that state have noticed. So for California, for example, uh, Arizona, Nevada, all these states, we do this. I do not know the specifics of this, de uh, this detail. I can't speak to it, but we regularly put those out. Uh, we can provide samples of those to you. As soon as we find out there's something, we put out the notification what indication might be used. So this is not that we're not doing this. It, there is obviously something more to this that unfortunately none of us know the details. Hold hold right there. Hold right there, Logan. Right, well, I hold right there. I'm, I want to I want to get I, the comments of the guys right there. Hold right there. We'll go back to that. Um, we don't know the details. <clears throat> Kurt. Well, I don't know what those uh, what the knowledge of those gentlemen is. But I'll, I'll say it again. Professor Haldeman testified almost a year before this hearing that he had been trying to notify and to get in touch with Dominion since January of 2021. That's a year and a half ago. But they, he, he was not successful, I believe is what he said, in meeting them. And the question is, why? You know, this, these gentlemen testified that we regularly give out notices when we find out about these security failures. Well, if you stick your head in the sand and you don't want to hear about security failures, then I guess there's not going to be a notice of it. Garland? Well, I just was fascinated as how all three of these guys hemmed and hawed for minute after minute, and they could not answer a single question that Senator Hewitt had, honestly. Um, but I wanted to go back and just add one more point to what Kurt was talking about on the CISA report. So there is a simple solution for all these vulnerabilities. It's a very easy. You just unseal the ballots, count the votes, and make sure that the system is producing the correct results. That was the recommendation in that CISA report to solve this problem. And when we tried to do that in, in Georgia, a lot of intimidation came out of the Secretary of State's office explicitly from his legal counsel with a bunch of false information and garbage trying to intimidate all 159 counties into not doing exactly what the CISA report was uh, had as the recommended solution. Mm, wow. All right, let's pick up the hearing. Here we go. I'm going to, to submit and recommend that somehow, um, you know, customer service is a component of the RFP. So it's not just buying equipment and then you're done, right? There has to be some component of constantly improving our system, addressing problems, 
you know, we could be buying equipment that's not yet VVSG 2.0 certified with the expectation that the vendors that we're working with are going to be working towards that. And I guess you're not inspiring confidence in me right now, you know, based on some of this that I've heard, that you're a willing partner in that, in that process because I, you haven't demonstrated that to me in this most recent issue. Uh, again, I can't speak to that, but I knew, do know that several states, California included, um, require that it's actually in the state election code that you have 30 days to report it to the, the jurisdiction. You have to tell all your customers. You have to provide the documentation, the test lab information. We do this on a regular basis. Again, I can't speak to this particular case. Uh, well, I, I, do know, I do know legislators that can write that into the state law. <laughs> You know, if that's what it takes, but but I would I just guess I don't feel like you have to you should have to legislate I, I good business agree. policies right in terms of working through issues and vulnerabilities. I, I guess I'm I'm surprised to learn that that's what it requires. If I could add to that, I, I think for the years that we've been in service with the state of Louisiana, I think we have suggest we have displayed that sort of customer service that you're looking for, barring this one instance. And again. None of us at the table know the full details as to why that was not submitted to the state, um, but we can certainly set up some sort of call with the president and CEO of the company and discuss further why that may have happened or the details of that situation. But I think the 30 plus years speaks to itself that we've been a great partner with the state and we won't look to continue to do so, barring this one incident. And I mean, we apologize for that. All right. Thank you. Thank and you, just, Mr. Yeah, just to follow, and, and, yeah, and we will follow up. And, and it's a very unique situation because it's a sealed report that very few people were able to read and share. So, so we'll, we'll get some answers on that. But you've raised uh, what is going to be a very important uh, aspect of elections moving forward, and that is when vulnerabilities are, are discovered, and I talked about earlier, is how quickly the EAC. So if you're an EAC certification state and we find something or any vendor finds something that they, they want to fix uh, in, in their uh, system, the time it takes to get through the EAC process. Now, if it's a minor change, they can get it through quickly as a de minimis change. But if it's something that, that's going to require more than, a, say, a line of code, that, that, that starts to take months and months. So, so, and that's where, again, these compensating controls are so critical to, to prevent somebody from getting into doing that. But, and, and Secretary, I know uh, NASA, I know NASA has been talking about that, and that, that the EAC is going to have to figure out a way to get uh, these types of fixes through the, through the certification process in a much, much more expedited manner than six months to a year. Just, you know, if we find it and say, sorry, we, you know, you're not going to see that fix for a year because it's going to take that long to get it through, that, that's not acceptable either. So, um, so we're looking to partner with, with the states, with NAS, with NASED and, um, you know, the GCC and the SCC to, 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 to kind of look at that. So, so and I'm not making an excuse that, that that's, that's not, you know, this is a unique case, but, but it raises something moving forward that is going to, to change the way certification gets done uh, at the EAC level. It has to. Yeah, and, it, you know, again, it, to me, yeah, there just, there just needs to be a lot more communication. Mm -hmm. um, and we're a state that has a lot of elections. I mean, I don't know. I've lost count of how many elections we've had in the last 
you know, year or three years or pick your number, last four-year cycle, but it's a tremendous number of elections. And so, you know, you can't just sit on your hands and know that we have a vulnerability and us not work together to address it. All right, thank you. All right, well, I can tell you we've had six elections. All right, let's pick it up right there. You know what I find so interesting about this, Kurt, is she's, she's talking about all of these, she's talking about all of these uh, vulnerabilities. They're not denying them. Exactly. And that's what that that to me is what is critical about the, these admissions by that Dominion rep who just spoke. You know, he says when these uh, vulnerabilities, I call them security failures, not vulnerabilities. Uh, when these vulnerabilities are discovered, he says it could even take six months to a year to get them fixed. Well, meanwhile, for one thing, this just shows that these machines can never be made secure. They are continually finding new security failures. What don't they know? And so, and then they're continuing to use these machines despite having these security failures. And so, and these security failures, this, these are not inconsequential things. I mean, as Professor Haldeman said, look, these, can, these types of failures will be used to steal votes and it can change the outcome of elections, whether they're local or national. I mean, so it begs the question, why are we continuing to use these machines that they know can never be made 100% secure? And they don't even know what the security failures are out there, often until some, until, and, and they may never know some of them. But in this case, that you know was at issue here, you know, it took Professor Haldeman, who, you know, hey, he was granted 12 weeks of access to the machine. But why isn't the public granted access to the machines? Why don't they just open them up so that also, you know, anybody can look at them? I mean, these things are supposed to just simply do two things. They're supposed to read the ballot and then tabulate the ballot. This isn't rocket science. Why is it a secret? Why is the source code that Dominion and ESNS and all these other companies use to you know, read and process the votes, why is that so secret? And the admissions that, that that gentleman made to Senator Hewitt, that when we discover you know, new security vulnerabilities, security failures, that it just shows you, it proves that they can never be made safe, and we don't even know what's what failures exist within the systems. And the, the, the last point I want to make, Professor Haldeman, again, he testified under oath that he can get past all of the safety features that are designed to supposedly protect the vote with these machines. And I'm talking about logic and accuracy tests and risk-limiting audits are two of the ones that, that he mentioned in his declaration that he can get around. And that's just, that's a stunning admission. These machines cannot be made safe. Garland, you want to comment, please? I think Kurt has summed it up really well. I just want to add one thing, and that is that the state of Texas already has decided exactly what Kurt just said, and that is that the machines cannot be made safe. They uh, rejected use of the Dominion Democracy Suite voting system just before Georgia made their statewide purchase. So it's uh, really, really bizarre that our Secretary of State would, would uh, go out and buy a system that the state of Texas has al had already rejected. And in fact, the state of Colorado had banned the, uh, the QR code uh, voting component as well. So uh, where, where is our Secretary of State in terms of securities on the wrong side of this uh, firewall?
Wow. All right. Uh, Mr. Olson, any final comment before we let you go? Uh, or do you want to stay for Mike's comment? Uh, I, I think I think the, you know, the, the big takeaway here are the admissions from those executives that there are on that the security failures will continue to be discovered and that there implicitly within that is what don't we know what security failures exist that have not been discovered and the question then is why are we using systems to protect our right to vote that choose our lead that who then implement the policies such as those that we are experiencing now with sky-high inflation, uh, an open border essentially, critical race theory being taught in government institutions. Those are policies that have been put into place by those that uh, won the election, uh, fairly or not, uh, often with the use of these machines to uh, record and tabulate the vote. By the way, before we let you go, because I know you have a prior engagement, we appreciate your joining us in short notice tonight. Can you tell us, Counselor, where are we at? Where are we at with the injunctions? Say, like Arizona with Carrie Lake and Mark Fincham. So yesterday, we filed our reply briefs to the defendants' motions uh, to dismiss uh, the injunction. So they opposed our preliminary. We filed a motion for preliminary injunction three weeks ago. The defendants. Uh, oppose that. And then we just filed our reply briefs yesterday. And we will, uh, I feel very good about the evidence that we've submitted. It's very, very compelling. And the events in the most recent primaries illustrate a number of issues in, in these elections, use these machines, and we will see where it goes. And, and do you have any other states that are you're lining up that you're free to talk about at this time yet? Uh, well, Alabama, the complaint has been filed. And we will be filing those papers uh, in short order. Perfect. Excellent. Any, any particular website you want to promote or anything? Frankspeech.com. <laughs> <laughs> I knew the answer. He doesn't like to promote a website. Thank you, Kurt. Sure. Appreciate your being with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Now, Garland, uh, have you seen Mike's presentation? I have. You... I watched the entire presentation. Okay. What did you think of it? Give me your thoughts before you play it. I thought Mike spoke uh, as well or better as I've ever heard him. He now, by great. the way, you haven't heard me say that, have you? Have you? <laughs> you didn't hear me. You didn't hear me say that in the. You weren't with us, so you didn't hear me say that earlier in the program, did you? No, I did not. Okay. I'm not doing that. Okay, so you are saying the same thing that I said to someone. Then I walked through the control room yesterday, and Logan said that to me, not knowing I just said it. And now you're saying it, not knowing that Logan and I have also said that. So, That's and you and I and Logan have heard Mike speak an awful lot, and we both came, all of us have come to the agreement that this is perhaps his best presentation on voter fraud we've ever seen him do. I, I, I think you're right, Brandon. And I, that was my conclusion because he was just, he, he made so many points, but he made them very concisely over a period of maybe 15, uh, 17, 18 minutes. Um, and he covered the gamut of, of problems. I was, I was really impressed. I was happy he got the opportunity to, to testify in front of that commission. Absolutely. By the way, what do you make of the Secretary of State of uh, Louisiana? Pretty impressive so far, right? Very impressive, yes. And you know, he's, they've been trying to get that um, report unsealed from Judge Totenberg 
and uh, uh, Brad Raffensperger here in Georgia was opposing that. Then when uh, he filed, uh, Secretary of State of Louisiana filed, then Brad Raffensperger tried to pretend that he was in favor of the release of the report and was blaming uh, Alex Haldeman for it. But as uh, Kurt mentioned, Alex Haldeman had already requested the release of that report, his report, months earlier. So uh, the Secretary of State is just basically playing a marketing game down here. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, we can let you go if you'd like, uh, since you've already seen it. But it, since you've already seen it, I'll let you go. This is the fairest thing to do. Let you go back to the pool. <laughs> All righty. Well, Brandon, thank you very much. Uh, and I do want to let you give me a quick update. We did file, you know, as I was saying, that we need to actually unseal the ballots and check these voting machine results for the 2022 primary. We have filed a lawsuit in, um, to challenge Secretary of State Ravensburger's election, and that was filed in all 159 Georgia counties. We're asking them to unseal the ballots, and we're asking them to... Uh, you know, make sure that the results were, were correct. So it's a huge undertaking. It's our biggest lawsuit more than any, all the other lawsuits that we have done combined. So we now have about seven active lawsuits in Georgia. <laughs> Garland, favorito. Don't mess with Garland. He's got seven lawsuits going. Hey, where can we read this? Where can we read the lawsuit? It's up on voterga.org, Brandon, on the uh, legal tab. The press release is up there. We also held a press conference a few days ago on this and the, the slides from that press conference. Okay, how about I do this? How about if I go through that and have you on next week? We'll talk about this lawsuit. I'll, I like to read it so that I'm talking about it from an educated standpoint. Would love to, would love to be back. You've, you've covered part of it before, but not all of it. So it'd be great to be back with you. Okay, let's do that. VoterGA.org, those where they'll find all that right now. Absolutely. VoterGA.org. VoterGA.org. Happy 4th of July. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say happy 4th of July. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. We want to thank, again, all your listeners. They have have supported us so well. And the donations are are nonpartisan, tax-deductible. That's what's keeping us alive and fighting in Georgia. So we want to say thank you to all the all the listeners out there. Absolutely. Uh, but what, what about Candace Taylor? Where where is she at with her her uh, affidavit from her volunteers and everything? Yeah, um, I haven't talked with her in the last week or two. But what we're trying to do once we challenge the Secretary of State's race and unseal the ballots, then she will be able to determine uh, how many votes that she was shorted, uh, if in fact she was. And that because we'll have the full ballot revealed. So we'll be able to check all races, not just the Secretary of State's race. And that's what's so significant about this new lawsuit that we filed in the last week. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Garland. Appreciate your being with us and all you're doing. Thank you, Brandon. Take care. You too. Garland favorito. All right. Let's go to some of you saw it. We'll be able to get to all of it because the show's going to end before he's done. But at least we'll give you a sample if you haven't seen it. Uh, and the great points uh, by Mike Lindell, what I think is his best presentation ever on voter fraud before the state Senate committee yesterday in Louisiana. Let's go to that. Um, next, we have a, um, a gentleman that traveled a far, from a far, far away place, um, Minnesota. Uh, we have um, Mr. Mike Lindell uh, representing himself. 
Come on up, Ms. Lindell. Uh, Mr. Lindell, I'm going to take chairman's privilege. I'm going to give you a little bit more time since you've come so far. And uh, I know that there's a lot of people that are interested to hear what you have to say. And uh, But I hope you will keep it concise as possible okay. since we have to get to the del deliberation part of this meeting. Okay. Well, thank you, Mr. Secretary and Commissioner members for, for allowing me to speak here today. Um, I'm going to start with um, we're in an apex in history. And... Uh, for Louisiana, for our country, and quite frankly, for the world. Um, we're in a time where computers and artificial intelligence and everything you have that we, uh, as we've gotten into this era, and when you have cyber attacks or you have um, machines that are defective or, or just computers that make errors, all of that in, the, in my world, in the business world, or my old world, I guess, my business world, um, in the business world, or let's say it's credit card companies, or let's say it's uh, uh, gas lines, um, uh, solar winds a couple years ago, that all, when that happens, you have, you have the text. You just heard the ES&S guys here say all machines are def you know, can be um, de defective or can things happen. Well, when it happens at any other time in business, it's just money. The, good, the bad guys over here, they try and hack in again, and the good guys patch it up, and you see how much it costs you. Insurance companies come in and pay it all. We all suffer maybe with higher prices, but it's just money. When it happens in an election, and it can only happen, it, just, it can only just be once, you lose your whole country. And you can ask many other countries, Venezuela, Australia, the list goes on and on. I could sit here, and that would be a whole other hour conversation. I want to tell you this, this is uh, when you had ES&S here just a minute ago talking and they said all these things could, could happen. Well, they're not, uh, I know you went after Dominion here. Well, um, this is something they left out when you asked a question to them, Mr. Secretary. ES&S was forced in, in uh, 10 years ago when they said it, it ties to anybody. They were forced by the DOJ to sell Diable to Dominion in 2010-11. These guys are all tied, the same software, this GEMS. But these things, is what I'm saying is, we're not, we're like, like you can't, just I'll give you two examples, just this last two months. On May 24th in Georgia, there was an election with Democrats, three Democrats. And this gal and her husband in her own precinct got zero votes. Zero. And now she looked at her husband and said that, you know, they raised their hand. If they would have got two you know, they probably wouldn't have had a leg to stand on because you are right. The, the machine companies will not let you see what's inside them. They will not let you. You're not alone here in Louisiana that they didn't have customer service. None of them do. They're all the same. It's horrendous. And we paid as taxpayers for these machines. I will tell you what happened to that gal that had the two, the zero votes. She had zero votes, and she raised her hand. This is in Georgia. And I won't even badmouth the worst Secretary of State in the United States, Brad Rassenberger, but he finally said, let's, uh, he finally said, let's, um, let, we better do an audit here. We better do an audit. She got zero. That's a pretty big deviation, zero. And they took, they took apart them. They looked inside the machines. They made the machine company, I won't say their name, but it rhymes with Dominion. They made them look inside the machine. And inside there, guess what? 
they found 3,762 votes for this lady. This nice gal went from third place to first place. You know what Brad Rassenberger said? There was a programming error in the machines. I want you all to hear what they just said because we now know, don't you guys, don't get tied up in machines being online because they're pre-programmed too. There's many ways. It's a computer you can't see inside. And, and then there was just in Alabama with the SNS and in, in Texas, both of them, we have, I have the same stories there that they said were machine malfunctions I don't have time for the sake of time. I'm not going to tell you this. I'm just giving you two examples in the last two months, or three examples. You can go up to Pennsylvania and find another smaller uh, um, machine contractor. I'm here to tell you this. is uh, When you sit and look at this, I have, I've spent tens of millions of dollars on this. I was just out in the hall before when I left, and I had uh, I have a guy from France. France just had an election. Six, just shy of 70 million people. They did it in one day, and they outlawed computers in the 1970s. They did it in one day. From seven, He told me from 7, just right out in your hallway here, from 7 in the morning, they started, and it, they're done at 8, and they're all audited. It's a hand count, a hand count. And we, if, what I did is when I went around and looked for the best system to replace these machines, I went to people like in business. I go to people that have done it. Who's done it? You do your due diligence, you find out who's the best at it. France is very good at it. But we even combine that, or other guys have, uh, with a system now where you have the hand count. Imagine a hand count at the end of the election, or at the, uh, at the same day of the election, and it's on, it's on video. The video is your count. Now, this paper they've developed, which is uh, this paper, this is just one vendor you guys don't know about. There's many that have working a paper. By, uh, by the way, too, I want to tell you this. The machine companies lied to you. There's no paper shortage. There's a company in Texas that has enough paper, and they also make our U.S. currency. They have enough paper to do every single vote in this country three times over. And also, they, um, they told you it would take too long. We've done time studies to do a hand count and it takes more people. You've heard volunteers right here in this audience that would volunteers to be poll watchers there. Well, you can't watch what's in that machine. How about volunteering to count the ballots? Right on camera, both Democrat, Republican, don't matter that. You know, we're, we're gonna save our country and, save, and save, save our world. If we have machines in the 2022 election, just last night in Colorado, just last night in Colorado, Tina Peters, they stole that election from her. How do I know that? We were watching in real time. We had cyber guys watching. There's a way now we can watch in real time without even going inside the machines because these things are fed up through the internet up to like the New York Times and places, and then you all hear about it when you see it on TV. Well, they, uh, the, same, the same algorithm that ran through um, Tina Peters went through the other two candidates and they identical. You would have all over the thing that's the same percentage. Give me another example. In Georgia, Brian Kemp, you can take his votes that went for Brian Kemp in every all 159 counties in Georgia, take 5% of that, and that was Candace Taylor's total. You can take in the state of Louisiana here, and I, I don't, I'm, I'll throw this out there, but they, uh, we haven't checked every county yet, but so far all the counties that we have checked, you can pick an age in the 2020 election, and the same percentage of that age 
what voted in every county. It's never happened before in the history. All across our country, every state, every county, there was an algorithm that ran through it, and you can literally pick an age, and that same percentage voted in every other county in that particular state. And this is fact. You can get it. So I, how do I know that? I got the voter rolls from every state where I got it with a pre-road. I paid from Alabama, charged me $40,000. A lot of this stuff, and a lot of Secretary of States now are not letting you get stuff because now they, you know, you're, they're on to this. And why would they not want? Why would we not want transparency? If the one thing the 2020 election will do is go down as the most important election in world history, and why? I compare it to my company. In 2012, when I did my first infomercial, I had I brought in $100 million, and I was $6 million in debt. I was in tears, praying, God, what, what went wrong? Well, I found over the next three years, I took and said that corruption, the stuff that had happened, the systems that were wrong, all these things that were in place, I corrected them. And that's what we're doing with the 2020 election, the significance of that. You've, and, and Louisiana, you guys, because you've been working on this for a year, you guys are the tip of the spear. That's why I'm here. And I will tell you this. When you say, okay, and some of these machine companies will say, oh, let's do a hybrid. Let's do this and this. Well, let me tell you. We just had one of the a miracle ruling in our lifetime, the Roe v. Wade reversal. And I did a, uh, I did a, I was with a candidate a couple of years ago. She wanted me to do a, um, a donor event for her. And she says, I said, no. I said, I'm not doing it. You're pro-choice. And she says, no, I'm right in the middle. And I said, what do you have, kill a baby? So I'm going to say to you, if you say, okay, we'll use paper and machines, the machines, you cannot see anything. We are, remember, that's not money. It's your whole country. And we have nothing to lose and everything to gain. We have nothing. It's over. We lose everything if we keep even one machine in this country going forward. And I, and I have been fighting for that. You all know I have. There is none of these guys can sit here. ES&S, they can sue me. I put it right on the pile. I don't care. They're the biggest machine company in the country. And all these vendors coming before you, just the ones that have no names, it doesn't matter. They're computers. I mean, and maybe a lot of them can play plausible deniability like you've seen up here. Oh, we don't know. Let me get back to you on that. Let me get back to you on that. You guys, the reason we've had a hard time of getting to the bottom of all this is because it's written in another language. All you, I don't know, I'm not a cyber guy. I'm not an IT guy. It would be, and then you, and to top it off, the parts do come from China. You know, some of the stuff my IT guys look at or cyber guys are written in Chinese inside there. Because, yes, we have gotten inside these machines. And not just these guys here or those guys there. We've gotten inside them. And, all, and, how, and how, do you, how does, uh, you know, what we're up against there is the media. The media is not letting, they won't let you go, you know, us go on it and talk about it. So it's up to you. And we're going to win this. We are going to get this at the ground level. Um, and I'm going to say one more thing of hope for all of you. The hope for, the hope for our country lies in the legal, the legal processes, the judges. And I will tell you, when you talked about that Cary Lake, that injunction, that's the first injunction we've done. We're doing injunctions all across this country, and the relief is going to be to get rid of the machines. And everyone says, well, the judges looked at the evidence. They looked at all this stuff. Not one judge in the United States of America has ever looked at evidence, except for Antrim County, Michigan, seen a glimpse of it and pushed it down the road and didn't rule on it. Not one judge. 
You know why? And then look, Donald Trump appointed over 300 judges and three Supreme Court judges. Okay? We just seen the manifestation. The Supreme Court, a year and a half ago, they, they pushed, they didn't do anything. Well, back then, if I was a judge, I would have been in fear to be that first one. Maybe I wouldn't have, but some people would have been in fear to be that first judge to step out into an anomaly that we're in. We're in an anomaly in history, like it's a biblical proportions. And those judges now, though, they've got courage. You look at what the Supreme Court did, even though it was the right thing that they did, and then you look at that judge in Florida that made that decision. Hey, masks, masks are uh, they're nonsense on these airplanes, and, and the mandates are. She made that decision, and she took it out of courage. She made a decision out of courage, and it changed history. So I'm asking you, the decisions you all make here, the tip of the spear, you all know, you all know where, that you gotta put your mind there. Because you know what? The people, the people want a piece of paper, like you said, someone said here, any pen. We've done it before, and now we have even cameras. Imagine a system like this. You go in, you vote, you get paper and pencil, and it's the most secure paper in history, by the way, and it's all number, the, the number, each one has your own number. That's a very good system, and actually, it was partially brought before you guys about six, six seven months ago. With that, imagine then you have cameras as you're hand counting. Cameras, we all have every, you guys were on camera right now. And the cameras, so the public, the hand count is the audit. You can go back in there and say, hey, we got a problem here by the time it reads the Mr. Uh, Mr. Secretary. And we have a problem here, they don't match. You look back, that is your audit, it's already done for you. You don't need to call these guys and say, hey, we wanna do an audit, they're gonna say, eh, okay, we'll do one, but you can do, um, this here, but you can't look inside the machines because we have software to protect, okay? You do that, and then when it finally goes up to the internet, because they, no matter what they say, how do we see it on TV, guys? It's gotta go there sometime. After that count, after they, and I've done my own time studies. Like I say, France, it took, took them two hours, okay? It's just more people. You have volunteers, you have more people to do this. They watch, they, they all do it together. It's done on camera so everyone can see, Ready? the whole world can see. Then when you upload it to the internet, when it Ready? heads over to your office and elsewhere, now, you, there's even this is advanced technology, but imagine it popping up. All right, we're gonna have to stop it there. It's excellent, isn't it? He's just doing an excellent job. Uh, you can see the whole thing at frankspeech.com frankspeech.com. We put all three of those clips up independently. Hope you'll tweet them, text them, email, Facebook, send them all over the place. Very, very important. Now, folks, again, look at all that Mike is doing. And he couldn't be with us tonight because he's in a meeting tonight. Last night he was in Louisiana taking care of that. Tonight he's in another meeting in another state. How does he do all this? Well, it's largely being funded by you guys who are helping to support his work to save America, fix 2020. And you can do that when you use that promo code L77. So please consider going now to MyPillow.com. Remember the sheets, towels, dog beds, pet beds, blankets, slippers. The slippers are on sale. The model they have now is going out of stock to bring in the new model. You're going to make uh, an incredible purchase of an incredible product at an incredible price. And then you have also the historically low price ever of MyPillow for $19.88. This all is a way for you to support Mike, his employees, the 2,700 of them that have come under attack at MyPillow, support this network, Mike's work, and you get something great in return. 
They make great wedding gifts, housewarming gifts, and of course getting kids ready for school, going back to college in August, not too far away. So please, support Mike. You're seeing it. You're seeing the proof right here. Tonight, I have a huge show tonight, Brandon House Live, now the Worldview Report. Thanks for watching. Take care. You're watching Lindell TV.